Anyone like the sound of rain? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I thought I was going to have to get counseling or something. I love it. I, it's one of the most calming sounds to me. There are sermons that I have written that have, I've written during the, while listening to a soundtrack of, of rain on repeat. There's, there's times where I just needed to focus, stare at the wall for a bit. So I'll listen to the sound of, of rain. As a kid, I loved the sound of rain as well. I remember always going out on the front porch of our house when it was raining out, uh, sitting on our porch swing and, and just listening to the rain. My, my mom, she would often come and join me. And as we would swing back and forth on that swing, uh, she would just tell me story after story after story. The images from her story would fill my mind as the soundtrack of rain filled the air around us. And we'd sit there just watching the dark clouds kind of roll in over the trees across our street. I remember one time though, I, I asked my mom, where does the sun go when it rains? Well, why do the clouds make it hide away? My mom, she says, oh no, the sun always remains exactly where God placed it. The light is always right there beyond the clouds. Even though these, these dark clouds, they bring thunder and lightning, even though they bring wind and rain over, even though they, they cause things to be dark for a little while, the light is always just right beyond the clouds, ready to burst through at any moment. And in that moment, she puts her feet down on the ground. She stops the swing from moving. She puts one arm around me and she points towards the sky. And then she whispers in my ear, look, see, here comes the sun. And it was like it was out of a movie. I looked at the sky. I saw the dark clouds and it was like this, this break, this crack came in the clouds and light just began to pour through onto the trees across the street. I cherish memories like that now. Uh, memories with my mom because the dark cloud of Alzheimer's has rolled over the lives of my family. Uh, moments that, that, <laughs> that sometimes I forget about that, that have so much meaning to me now. But and the truth is we experience, we all experience those dark clouds in life, right? This, this darkness just that, that rolls in out of nowhere. Maybe, maybe the dark cloud of debt, financial hardship, the dark cloud of unemployment, the, the dark cloud of a failed marriage, the dark cloud of broken relationships, the dark cloud of a miscarriage. These dark clouds, these storms of life, they can come out of nowhere. Have you come today with a dark cloud lingering above your head? Well, what does your dark cloud look like? These storms of life can quickly bring conflict into our lives. As a result, we experience these moments of heartache, these moments of anger, these moments of sadness and grief, even moments of confusion. And in those moments, we might even begin to question God, asking God, why? Why is this happening now? God, are, are you still just right beyond that cloud, right there where you always have been? Because I could really use your light during this moment of darkness in my life. 
We might even start listing things off to God. I don't know if you've ever done that. I've started doing that. God, I've been doing all the things I thought I was supposed to do. I'm going to church. I'm singing the songs as loud as I can, lifting my hands in the air. I'm I'm praying all the prayers. But why is this darkness still remaining in my life? Why, Why won't you take it away? And as we stand drenched in the rain, our, our coats worn and torn, weathered by the storm, what exactly can we grasp onto to shield us? Where exactly can we stand so that even when the darkness comes into our life, we can still continue to see the light of God, even in the midst of the storms that we face? When the apostle Paul first visited the the city of Corinth, um, he he found this city that was just buzzing, this this city that was filled to the brim with people, all these different cultures. It was an important city. It was the capital um, of a a Roman province in in Greece. It was important because, uh, and wealthy actually, because of its harbors. So all these people just flocked there. And so Paul, he, he decides to, to live there. He lives there for around 18 months, staying with a Jewish couple that had been exiled for, from Rome. And as he's there, he just lives and breathes the message of Jesus, sharing with everyone the love and hope that is in Jesus. And all these people begin to believe, but a time comes when Paul has to go. And so all those people, oh, okay, we're, we're going to commit ourselves to continuing to share this message of Jesus. And that's how the Corinthian church was born. And so Paul leaves and those people, they continue to worship together. They, they continue to love one another, to work together, to share that message of Jesus. But soon a dark cloud would roll in over that little church in Corinth. And that church, they, they thought that they were safe from conflict but their foundation in their focus, it had shifted, allowing the storms of life to affect them. And as a result, they, they began to experience these dark clouds of pride, dark clouds of anger, dark clouds of lust, dark clouds of selfishness, clouds of conflict that would blur their vision, causing them to lose sight of what matters most. They still continued to do church. They, they tried to do church like, like normal, but because they had lost sight of what matters most, there was something vital missing, allowing these dark clouds to, to cause these disagreements and this division. Have you been there? Your dark cloud, the painful circumstance that you're facing in life, causing you to lose sight of what matters most, maybe blocking some things out of your life causing division and disagreements in your relationships, maybe even causing you to feel alone and isolated at times, almost as if something had shifted beneath your feet, causing your vision to shift as well. I remember uh, the most (laughs) nervous I ever was speaking in front of a group of people. It was not in a large room like this. It was not in front of hundreds of people. It was in a little classroom in Puerto Rico and the audience around 25 fifth graders. I remember standing in front of the classroom uh, and there was just this resounding silence that filled that room. And, And I could close my eyes today and still see their faces. I can see that room perfectly. 
the kids, they, they knew that there was something wrong. They knew me better than anyone. I had been their teacher since uh, they were in first grade. For, from first grade through fourth grade, I, I was their Bible teacher. And then that specific year, when they were fifth graders, I, I had become their, their homeroom teacher. So as I stood before them, the, uh, struggling to speak, they knew that there was something wrong with their Mr. Clark. Eventually, I mustered up the courage to tell them what I had to tell them. I, I let them know that I had accepted a, a different job. And uh, in just a few weeks, I would no longer be their teacher. And um, I would be moving away from Puerto Rico. As those words left my mouth, it became so real. As I began to see the, the looks of sadness, the looks of the hurt, the looks of confusion on their faces, my, my heart just began to shatter into pieces. Some of them just stared blankly. Some of them asked why. Uh, one little girl named Paola, she just buried her face in her arms and began to cry. Uh, <laughs> the dark clouds just rolled in one after another. Those next few weeks, I, I was in mourning. I was not ready for my time there in Puerto Rico to end. And this was a job that I had dreamed of for years and years, a, a job uh, that gave me so much purpose and joy. I, I felt like I had I'd finally become a, a good teacher. And here I was leaving it all behind. Here I was leaving these students behind, these kids that I had connected with, that, that I loved and that loved me back. I remember one of the last days of my time there at the school. It was the last week. It, it was one of the days that week. And I was sitting in the morning in my classroom and there was just a storm going on outside. It was just torrential downpour outside, raining so hard. I was, I was looking at the window, just watching the rain just collide against that window. A storm raging outside and a storm raging inside my heart. I couldn't bear to think that in just a few days, I would no longer be in that classroom. I would no longer see my students every day. And again, by a part of me felt confused. I began to ask God, why? God, you placed this dream of coming to Puerto Rico in my heart. You made this dream come true. I, I sacrificed everything to be here. I, I sold everything. I've, I've, I've gone through so much while living here, feeling alone, feeling all by myself. Now we're, when I finally feel this purpose and this joy here in this building with these kids, why would you take it away? Why would you call me away from that? And it was confusing because I felt good about our decision to move back home to, for me to work here at this church, but I didn't know how to deal with the sadness and the grief of it all, of leaving behind this dream, of leaving behind these students that had meant so much to me. I sat there staring out the window, listening to the rain, continuing to ask God, why, why, why? I, I, I began to wonder, is the sun even still shining beyond the darkness of this cloud? Will the light ever meet my face again? Will I ever feel the same sense of purpose and joy that I felt here? And as I stared at that window, listening to the rain, suddenly, boom, my classroom door, it, it just opens 
the apostle Paul, he, he eventually starts writing letters to the Corinthian church, uh, trying to help them with these dark clouds that had rolled in to their lives, trying to help them reunite together to, 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 to get rid of the division and all of the disagreements, trying to help them shift their focus back onto what matters most, back to what they were, had been missing. The Corinthians, they, they were writing back trying to justify everything that was happening. Uh, they, they started sending Paul a list of their own. Here's all the things that we're continuing to do. Or we're, we're continuing to do all of the things that you told us to. And they started to say, well, we're, we're even using these gifts that God has given us. We're using these gifts to help, to heal, uh, to teach people. So Paul, he begins to write this letter that we know today as 1 Corinthians and the first part of the, the, the letter, the, the first 12 chapters is, is Paul addressing the chaos caused by the dark clouds, addressing the division, the arguments. But then he, he takes a turn. He, he tells the Corinthians, those gifts that you have been using, oh, good for you, that's great. Yet I will show you the most excellent way. There's something you've been missing, something that you have lost focus on because of these dark clouds that have, come in, that have come into your life. And he goes on to say this, if I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing if I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Paul, he's stating that everything in this life, everything that we could do, it is nothing. It is, it is meaningless. It is empty apart from love. And that's what the Corinthians had been missing. That's what they lost sight of what they had lost focus on. It wasn't about doing, continuing to do what they thought they were supposed to do, even in the, the face of the chaos of the storm of life. It was about rooting themselves in the love of God first before anything else, so that no matter what they did, no matter what they said, no matter what they experienced, it would all come from a place of love. Paul goes on to explain exactly what the love of God is, what it looks like, why it's important. Then eventually he says this, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. All that other stuff that you're doing, again, though it's good, though it's important, but all that stuff, one day, all of that will stop but what will never stop, what will never end, what will never fail, the love of God. Last week, my, my dad, he began to explain the specific love that Paul is talking about. And this agape, the, the, the Greek word for that love is agape. It's a type of love, a three-dimensional love that comes from God, that exhibits God's compassion, God's grace, and God's mercy. God, Paul, he explains that this specific love, this agape, it will never fail. The Greek word used for fail in that text is pipto. And it means to fall from a high position, falling into ruin, destruction, misfortune, disappointment. It's also used sometimes to describe a warrior who would fall in battle, defeated by the enemy. 
Paul uses this word to depict that the love of God, it will never disappoint. It will never fail. It will never be defeated. God's love, it will never fall. It will never die. God's love, it will endure through any hardship, through any storm. Though we have been battered and weathered by the storms of life, the love of God, it remains pristine. His compassion, his grace, and his mercy, it is untouchable. It is unscathed. It is unbreakable. So Paul is saying that that this love, that is what we should be rooting ourselves in. That's what we should be focused on. In the midst of the storm and the darkness that have covered our lives, don't forget about the love of God. Don't forget to anchor yourself in that love. When that door opened in my classroom, I I was startled. I looked up to see one of my fifth grade boys uh, kind of smiling at me with a mischievous smile. He walks into the room and then after him, I'm just greeted one after another with smile after smile after smile. All my fifth graders begin to walk into the room and um, with them are their parents. And I I was close to the parents. so I got up and we we all hugged and uh, I asked what's going on though. I I was confused. They told me to go and and have a seat. So I sat down um, and then they all just surrounded me. And all the students had different gifts for me, pictures, different tokens, uh, things for me to take with me to remind me of them, to remind me of that time and that classroom with them. And maybe you remember little Paola, the one who had buried her head in her arms and just began to sob. She had been standing very quietly holding a a picture frame close to her chest. Uh, Her mom was sitting near me and I can still see it in my mind. She she steps forward and and her mom holds the top part of the frame and Paola, she holds the bottom. As I glanced at it, I could see a picture of the class at the top and then on the bottom was a a letter that I found out that Paola had, had written to me. And there in that chair, as I, I listened to the rain just pour outside, um, Paola, she read this letter to me. Uh, Thank you for giving me your smile every day. For sharing happy birthday to me. For telling me one little secret for trusting me. For making me feel important in your life. For filling each day with joy. There's so many things you have given me without even realizing it. Do you remember the time that we laughed because we found a funny story or a joke that was told? And when I got angry, you would solve it with a hey girl, a smile, and a tender look. But hey, this phase has ended. And I ended an important time in your life. The volleyball games, the games in the yard. The care of the best teacher. But another begins, which is certainly as important, where you'll, you'll learn new things, where you'll use notebooks and a briefcase every day. I've never used a briefcase. <laughs> I don't say goodbye, but I say thank you for I'm a much better person today because of the day I met you. I, I love you. Whew. Uh,
but I sat there as I listened to those words just wash over me. As she spoke each word, as she embraced me afterwards, I began to see the crack in the clouds that were above me. And God's light began to shine through. I began to feel his warmth and his love began to fill my heart. His compassion, his grace, and his mercy exhibited through this little girl, through a letter that she had written just for me, exhibited through her love. As that day went on, I continued to reflect on that moment with the parents and the kids and continued to just uh, soak up my, my final days in that classroom. I remember at lunchtime, all the kids were gone. I was sitting there alone. I, I began to read through that letter again that Paola wrote me. I began to focus on all of the things that she had listed all of the, the little things that I had done for her. She was not mentioning my amazing ability to teach, right? My amazing lectures. She was not mentioning all the sacrifices that I had made to move to Puerto Rico. All the things that I had done to develop myself as a teacher. She was mentioning the simple acts of love. That's what made her feel connected. That's what made her feel special. And as I began to reflect on those, those little moments that I shared with her and shared with many of the other students throughout my time in Puerto Rico, I felt God saying to me, I called you to love. I called you to love. I'm still calling you to love. Just a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, my, my family and I, we got to travel to Puerto Rico to visit my wife's parents and uh, spend some time there. Uh, during that trip towards our, our final days there, we got to visit the school. Uh, and it was awesome because my boys got to be there. They got to see it. Uh, my wife had been there before, but she got to see some of the people that had, had loved her from that school as well. And, but there was a moment where I just, I just started walking around the school, uh, going to all those important places, the, the chapel where I'd um, spoke each week to the kids, listened to the kids worship, uh, to the library, to the yard where we played hide and go seek, to my old classroom. I kind of stood there just, just looking at everything, looking at the walls, looking at how, how, how things were so different, but also everything was the same, still the same desk. But, but again, to realize that when I, I left I've been worried about that purpose and joy, right? But in that visit back, I realized that the purpose and joy, it was not glued to the walls of that building. It was not in the bricks of that building, but that purpose and joy, it was in the love that was shared within those walls. A love that, that will not crumble when that building is laid to waste one day. A love that will not fade, but a love that will never fail. A love that will remain. A love that I will carry with me every day for the rest of my life. That's where the purpose and the joy was rooted. That was what God was still trying to tell me. I called you to love. I'm still calling you to love. There is still more purpose and joy awaiting you in your life, but it is rooted in the love that you receive from me. 
the love that you allow to pour out through simple acts without even knowing it. But during those last days, I had, I had lost sight of that love. I'm embarrassed to say it. The ground beneath me had shifted and I found myself on a completely different foundation in life, losing sight of that love. And be the new foundation that I was standing on, it, it was not strong enough to maintain the pain and the heartache that I had been going through. So as a, as a result, that, that storm that I was facing, those dark clouds just began to tear me apart. You see, the storms of life will reveal the foundation of your life. In the midst of the dark clouds, somehow my priorities, they had shifted. I lost sight of God's promises. I lost sight of God's love, causing my foundation to shift. Because the foundation of our lives should not be built upon our accomplishments. It should not be built upon our accolades. It should not be built upon everything that is going right in our life. Because that stuff is temporary. That stuff will fade. That stuff will fall as the dark clouds roll into our lives. The foundation of our lives should be built upon the compassion, the grace, and the mercy of God. Built upon God's love. A love that will never die, will never be defeated. But it sounds simple to say, right? It sounds good. Great metaphor. Well, what does that look like? How, how do I build my life upon God's love? How, what's the blueprint for that foundation? There's a famous sermon um, in the Bible that, that Jesus gives, the Sermon on the Mount. We, last month, we talked about the beginning of that sermon, the, the Beatitudes. Throughout the whole sermon, Jesus, he is, he is directing, he is inviting the listeners in that crowd. He's inviting us, the readers today, to follow him, inviting us into a relationship with him, showing us how to live with obedience and love towards God. And at the very end of that sermon, Jesus, he says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house. The dark clouds of Alzheimer's, they came. The dark clouds of unemployment, it came. The dark clouds of sickness and disease, the dark cloud of failed marriages, the dark clouds, they all came, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. Jesus, he, he closes this sermon by revealing the results of a relationship with him, a solid foundation in life. He's declaring exactly what Paul had been writing to the Corinthians. There are things in this world, they are temporary, things that will fail, things that will fall. To build our life on sand is like building a life on self-will, self-purpose, self-righteousness, building a life on the love of self. Those are things that will always shift, things that will always be unstable and temporary this is exactly, exactly where Satan wants us to build our lives. Satan, he wants us to think that we are actually safe, that we are saved from conflict when we are not. Because if you are under the delusion of being safe, you will not attempt to resist Satan, nor will you attempt to seek out God. 
And then the dark clouds, they roll in. The the storms of life, they come, causing a downpour of heartache and pain. And our foundation, it will crumble, it will wash away, and we will be left in brokenness. But when our life is built upon obedience to God, we build upon a solid foundation. We build upon a rock. We build upon God's will. We build upon God's purpose. We build upon God's righteousness. We build upon the love of God. The dark clouds, they will still come, right? The the storms of life, they will still cause a downpour of pain and heartache. We will be worn. We will be torn. We will be weathered by the storm. But the foundation that we built upon the love of God, it will not fail. It will not crumble. And God, he has given us this clear picture, a clear direction of where we can start building. This is the blueprint. He has shown us the blueprint already. First John, it says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, not from anything that we've done, not from anything we've accomplished, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. You see, Jesus, he is the ultimate example of God's love. Jesus, he is the most excellent way. Jesus is our cornerstone. Jesus is our foundation. It all starts with our relationship with Jesus. When we take our eyes off of Jesus, that's when pieces of us start to fall apart in the storms of life. When we lose sight of his compassion, his grace, and his mercy all made available to us through Jesus. So how do we create that foundation of love from God? It's Jesus. A real relationship with Jesus results in a foundation of God's real love. That's what Paul was saying again to the Corinthians. It's not about you. It's not about what you've done. It's not about what you can do. It's all about what God has already done. It's about how God has already shown us this clear picture of love. It's about how God has already proven that we can trust him and his promises. It's all about Jesus. It's all about sharing that love of Jesus, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. God is calling us to love and make it a priority in our lives. When the love of Jesus is always our priority, we will begin to see that compassion. We will begin to see that grace. We we will begin to see that mercy so much more clearly. Not only that, that compassion, that grace, and that mercy will begin to overflow out of us, overflowing into our relationships, overflowing into our workplaces, overflowing into our homes, infusing each moment with the love of Jesus filling each moment with purpose and joy, creating these eternal moments. We make every aspect of our lives about Jesus because no matter what storm we face in this life, when we remember the love of Jesus, no matter how dark this clouds get, the love of Jesus, it is always brighter because these dark clouds that we face in life, they are not caused by God. They are simply a part of the weather patterns of this world. But we serve a God who is active in this fallen world, moving and working despite the darkness of this world, calling us to draw closer to him as he calls us to love. 
And he did just that when he sent his one and only son into this fallen world. Because of Jesus, because of the sacrifice that Jesus made, we can draw close to God. And when our lives are all about Jesus, no matter how dark the clouds are that form, the, the storm will reveal the love of Jesus as our foundation, allowing us to live through him, allowing us to exhibit real love no matter the circumstance, allowing us to show people the hope and promise of Jesus, a hope that shines through any form of darkness, a real love that endures and will not fail a real love that will never die, a real love that has defeated the enemy, a real love that has conquered the grave because of Jesus, we no longer need to fear death. Through our relationship with Jesus, God has given us a real promise, eternal life in heaven. Because the truth is one day, all of us, everyone in this room, everyone watching online, all of us, we will leave the dark clouds of this world behind. But because of that love, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because of all he's done, death is now merely just a hook on the back of a door. And one day I will remove this worn and torn body. I will remove the coat that has been weathered by the storm and I will hang it on that hook. And as I walk through that door, I will leave behind the darkness of this world and I will walk into the overwhelming light of the glory of God. And in my mind, on the other side of that door, I'm hoping that there is a front porch with a swing. And I will sit on that swing and as I see Jesus approaching me in the distance, I know for a fact I will hear a familiar voice. I know for a fact I will feel an arm around me. I know for a fact that I will see a hand pointing towards Jesus and I will hear a restored familiar voice whispering in my ear, look, see, here comes the sun. So no matter what your dark cloud looks like, no matter what the darkness is that is looming above your head today, stand firm on the foundation of God's love. Stand firm on the promise that we receive because of Jesus, a hope that shines through in the darkness, a love that will never fail, a love that will never fall, a love that will never die, a love that will always remain, a love that endures forever, a love that we can carry from this life and into eternity. So if you would stand with me now, I'd love to pray for you before I get off this stage. If you've come today and, and you are just ready to make that decision, you wanna make your life all about Jesus, we will be here at the front. You can come to me or um, my, my dad is actually gonna be baptizing someone. So if you'd like to be baptized today, uh, the water is ready. We will make that happen today. If you've come today and you just need prayer, we'll have people down here to pray with you as well. Oh, here comes the band. I was like, wait, I'll keep preaching, but. <laughs> All right, let's pray now. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We are so grateful, God, for the work that you continue to do in this fallen world. Though the darkness looms, though the storms come, we know that we are safe with you, God. As we build our lives on your love, as, as we trust in the growing relationship with Jesus, as, as we trust in the grace that we receive because of the sacrifice that Jesus did for us, 
And we are so grateful for Jesus, God, allowing us a bridge leading out of the darkness and into your light. And we pray as we leave here today, I pray for myself. I pray for my friends and family in this room. I pray for those who are watching online that we would just leave this place no matter what darkness is covering us, that we would begin to see the cracks and we'd begin to feel your light pouring through, feeling your love, filling our hearts. And as we go, no matter what we do, no matter what we say, we pray that that compassion, that grace and that mercy would just overflow out of us allowing others to see the the hope that they have in Jesus, leading them to the safety of your light, the safety of your goodness. And we thank you for Jesus, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and follow us on our social media platforms. That way you can stay up to date with what's happening here at Central. And as always, have a great week.